Hey y'all, welcome to Ain't No Such Thing, where we tell original Southern horror stories. My name is Amanda, and boy have I got a story for you. Mud Riders The local dirt pits swirled with globes and streams of light woven about the undulating cords of Hank Williams Jr.'s whiskey bent and hellbound. The song of backwoods indulgence was the chosen anthem of Chunchula, Alabama, and it rang out above the grinding engine noises of the assembled pickups, jeeps, and El Caminos scattered within those red clay walls. The hoods and the beds and the open doors spilled over with bored teens taught by honky-tonk parents that the one and only cure for workday monotony was found in a cardboard suitcase from the gas station. Raleigh Stevens entered the redneck Thunderdome riding shotgun to his cousin Ricky, the latter a creekside Casanova if ever one walked those woods. One of the notches on his belt belonged to his 10th grade English teacher, and he could prove it. Raleigh, though, was a different animal. The tall, lanky bookworm wished to be paging through his well-thumbed monster manual before diving into the new Uncanny X-Men annual that dim fall evening in 1987. But the teenage thrum of lust called him away to the only place he knew yielded girls, regardless the true fact that he bore no concept of what to do with them once he found them. Raleigh hated beer and whiskey and what they did to the adults who made some effort to raise him down there in the sticks, but his loins and his leanings overtook his ideals on occasion, and this night was one. Ricky slid his white and blue Z28 Camaro between two jacked-up four-wheel-drive car crushers, gunned the V8 engine within to herald his arrival, and slid out through the open window in practice gymnastics sure to be the utter envy of Mary Lou Retton and Bo Duke alike. Who invited all you bitches out to my dirt pit? He yelled at the pot-bellied offensive linemen and sons of iron workers arrayed about him. Raleigh tensed. Every sweat-beaded brow turned toward them. Beer can hands frozen apart from lips in the moment. Then in harmonic unison, they all laughed. All of them as they converged on Ricky and his ride, throwing high fives and howling war whoops through the spittle of Budweiser and Milwaukee's best. If this was country-style Camelot, then Ricky was Arthur, and every third girl in the pit was a one-shot Guinevere. Raleigh couldn't exit the car. The over-big, beer-bodied high schoolers leaned about the car, and the door wouldn't budge. They didn't notice him anyway, and Ricky forgot him for the first three pairs of well-rounded, faux-distressed, Jordash acid-washed jeans that sashayed past. The car cab rocked and rolled like a kid's amusement park ride, pushed by the butts and backs and feet of Chanchula's best and brightest. Raleigh clenched his eyes in self-loathing. This was not his world. Why in the hell did he do this to himself? After a half hour of listening to Bubba Bravado and ham-fisted sexual harassment, the car sitters moved away in a herd, their attention no doubt pulled away by some shiny bauble filled with stench-ridden swill. When they lumbered out of sight, confident that none of them would see him get out of the car, Raleigh pulled at the door handle and winced at the click of the mechanism as it opened. They could not know he was in there the whole time. He kept his profile low as he slithered from the seat, not letting the door fully latch as he pushed it to. The plan was to just walk home, to weave between the parked assortment of vehicles like a ninja and disappear into the night beyond. He took three steps beneath one of the elevated trucks adjacent to the Z-28. Raleigh! Someone called to him from the direction of the herd. Hey Raleigh, come on! 
It was Ricky. God damn it. The always grinning, good-looking oaf half-jogged at him. Come on, man. Toby's taking his dad's Toyota into the mud. I'm shotgun, and you're in the back. Raleigh still faced away from Ricky, every muscle taut, eyes burning. In the back, like in the bed of the truck, he managed. Ricky clapped him on the shoulder. He was a good dude, despite his predilections for alcohol and dirt road pussy. Getting Raleigh into the bed of the truck was Ricky's idea of a favor. And if he wussed out, then it was he who would be the pussy. <laughs> well, yeah, dumbass, the bed of the damn truck, Ricky guffawed. Raleigh pulled a smile across his lips and turned without lifting his toes from the clay. Cool, let's do this, he said. Taking the first ride into the mud was some kind of local honor bestowed on only the most promiscuous stud in his chosen court, and Raleigh walked the red dirt carpet adjacent to his preening cousin like they were Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez at the world's worst award show. At the end of the jeering gauntlet waited a jacked-up candy apple red Toyota SR5 extra cab, custom-painted and raised to accommodate tires to dwarf most tractors thereabouts. A gleaming black roll bar stood like a gate to the underworld behind the cab and would be Raleigh's best friend for the next 20 minutes. All of a sudden, he couldn't breathe. Why did he do this to himself? He clambered into the truck bed without hesitation or a glance at the drunken throngs and instantaneously dropped himself before the right leg of the roll bar. The low thrum of the engine lent a foreboding vibration to the rippled black plastic liner, and Raleigh cringed with every change in its frequency in dread of the acceleration to come. A minute or two passed without movement, and he opened his eyes to verify they were still and realized he was not alone back there. Clamped onto the opposite leg of the roll bar was a girl from his algebra class. Jennifer was her name, or maybe Jessica. Concentration sucked when he was scared. She smiled at him from a softly tilted head. Hey, you're Raleigh, right? She asked. She was pretty, with eyes so brown they were black, and a bleached white girl perm, and she was chubby in that alluring way that country girls were chubby. All round hips and tits and lips. Her button flies strained to keep everything hidden where it needed to be. Raleigh forgot his predicament for a precious moment. Raleigh, yeah, he reminded. Hey, Jessica. <laughs> Jennifer, she laughed. Everybody does that. Sorry. I... The rev of the Toyota's engine cut short Raleigh's intended apology, and the truck lurched forward to lift the front tires. He wrapped his arms around the roll bar and his eyelids around his pupils as though thrown from a plane. Jennifer laughed some more. You gonna be okay back here? She prodded. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting that, he uttered between pallid, fake smiling lips. A warning rang from the cab. It was Ricky, drunker and louder than just minutes before. Y'all hold on back there. We about to flip this mug. And they were off, spinning clay into the crowd through the dirt pit entrance and into the dark. The truck fishtailed in the muck the bed swinging wildly from side to side in sudden acceleration. Raleigh and Jennifer bounced hard against the bottom and walls of the bedliner. She squealed and hollered with glee. He made no sounds other than the impact of his limbs on the hard plastic. How in the world was this fun? A hard leaning left into the trees and they hit the good mud, so thick and stanky even the dark couldn't hide it. The stuff filled every tread of the tires and every void of the wheels, but the lowest five gears would not be denied. All four wheels spun in the mire, 
The forward pair throwing the gray muck at the bed, pelting Raleigh and Jennifer with stinging clods of the shit. When the tires all caught traction at once, the whole truck moved and Toby upshifted and hauled ass, fishtailing again to the point the bed sideswiped a tree on Jennifer's side. He did not slow down. Instead, glided forward preternaturally over the mud surface with tires spinning at a high rate of speed, out of sync with the slower velocity of the entire vehicle. It was that sweet spot of the ride, when the bumping and swaying stopped, and the country boys walked on dirty water for the promise of feminine spoils to come. Raleigh relaxed for a second, made eye contact with Jennifer, who then appeared as done with the ride as he was from the start. He smiled, and she softened in return and smiled back. She was pretty. Ricky yelled something from the cab and the truck swerved left. The bed spun in the mud all the way to the front of the trajectory. Raleigh screamed, Jennifer screamed, and the Toyota twisted heavy into an old oak, the cab slamming sideways on the trunk. Its momentum flipped the chassis rightward and flung Jennifer and Raleigh clear and down a hidden embankment. Raleigh woke up to an acrid smell. His left nostril filled with mud, but his right detected gasoline on the air. Dad was burning limbs again. He tried to sit up, but his back hurt. A lot. There was smoke from the bank above him. Dad? Were they camping on Chickasabogue to run trout lines? God, he hurt. He twisted his back to try and stretch the pain out, and his repositioned ears caught low grunts from up top, like a hungry horse face down in a feed bag. But why would horses be out? He froze. A bloodied and contorted girl lay face down in the creek not ten feet from him. Arms and legs weren't supposed to bend those ways. The truck. That goddamn truck. Why did he agree to ride? Why in the hell did he do this to himself? Raleigh reflexively crab-walked back from Jennifer's body. Yeah, Jennifer. She liked him. He could tell. And then, she was dead. Dead because of mud riding. Needless and stupid and dead. A shadow in his periphery pulled his eyes up and he was not alone. A man, a big one, stood there where the smoke and gas billowed and looked silently down on him scanning the creekside until his gaze fell on Jennifer. He grunted that horse-snorting grunt, and another guy, with the same massive build and long-tousled hair, appeared next to him. A body hung limp over his shoulder. They said nothing, just lingered there, taking in the situation and grunting as though expunging the thickest of phlegm from their throats. After a moment, Raleigh smelled them, their rancid scent that of a wet dog doused in vomit. He gagged, tried to turn away from the stench, and heard the wet impact of the man's body on the mud as he did so. Splatter caught the back of his neck and his hair, the sensation jerking him back the other way to see what fell. It was Ricky. One remaining eye stared into oblivion, his jaw unhinged below the left ear and hanging from shredded flesh at the right. His arms fell unnaturally from dislocated joints and a leg was missing entirely, though Raleigh couldn't tell which from the tangle of humanity before him. The tingle of fear invaded his disorientation for but a moment when the things were upon him. They moved silently, so much so that he didn't hear them descend the embankment, one to hoist Jennifer into its molting, orangutan-haired arms and the other to corner him between the water and the bank and its eight-foot height, nine-foot wingspan. 
Knots and dreads of matted black fur clung to the creature's every square inch. Glistening obsidian eyes and a wet nose emerged over a minor snout of gnarled fangs and teeth that emitted grunts louder and lower than before. Raleigh tried to crab walk again, his legs too afraid to carry him any other way, but the beast punted him into the stream with a swift right kick to the abdomen, right where he hurt so bad. All breath left him and he landed hard on the rocks in the shallow brook. He expected it to pounce on him, but the assault did not come. From the woods above rang the grinding engine sounds of the other kids from the dirt pit. Strobing beams of headlights pierced the black up there, and the monsters, that's what they were, were gone. And so was Jennifer. Raleigh pulled himself up to kneel in the creek, even as southern accents thick as the mud yelled in the distance for Ricky and Toby. He formed a distress call in his throat, but it never escaped. A big paw grabbed his ankle with crushing strength and yanked, effortlessly pitching him forward face-first into the drink. But where? He bounced out of the water with a busted forehead and a bloody mouth and tried to find the subduer still latched onto his leg. The grasping forearm led to the empty creek current, as if the waters themselves reached out to hold him, and then it yanked again, pulling him below the surface on a good twenty feet upstream in one jerk. Amidst the chaos of the violence, he felt kicking feet swimming beside him in the depth of less than two feet. His face and head ricocheted along the rocky bottom for a minute, maybe more, before the motion stopped. Raleigh bled and hurt and spun dizzy tried to catch a breath. He floated in a still little pond that stank of algae and dead fish. The impulse to sit statue-like to avoid detection won out, and he waited for something to happen. The plop of the interrupted pond surface caused him to start and to gasp. He looked to the sound to find Jennifer's corpse erupted from below to float adjacent to him, followed instantaneously by the dog and vomit odor of the things. The first sat up from the water with no sound whatsoever, the filthy runoff silently returning to its source. The giant body unfolded from legs to shoulders like a spring-driven child's toy to glare down on Raleigh. His senses flared and he rolled his eyes and neck rightward to find the other one soundlessly behind him. The aggressive grunts reignited, and Raleigh clenched his eyelids, grew angry with himself again. Why didn't he just stay home? Why in the hell had he done this to himself? Each of the shaggy beasts grasped at his limbs, his wrist and elbow secured by one, and ankles by its accomplice, and they tore him apart from each side of himself. No different, really, than the torture of choice he inflicted on himself every moment of his existence. You've been listening to Ain't No Such Thing, Mud Riders, written by Kevin Laporte, narrated and produced by Amanda Rachels. If you enjoyed this story and you want to hear more of Ain't No Such Thing, you need to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Patreon and Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash ain't no such thing. We'd love to hear from you. Hope you all are staying safe and keeping well, and I'll be back with another one for you real soon.